1: One more hour to go on Weston Walker. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The Denver Nuggets, they win the NBA title last night. Game five, they take care of business. 4-1 series win over the Miami Heat to win their first championship in the NBA in their NBA's history. Remember, they were an ABA team as well. And it's the first time they actually got to the finals. They had to wait 47 years the Charlotte Hornets are celebrating their 35th anniversary this upcoming season. So if you are one that you think it's going to be a direct mirror image of what Denver did, we still have to wait 12 years. We'll be waiting for Scoot Henderson to be a wily old vet. (laughs) Same thing with Brandon Miller. That is if they make that second overall pick because Wes, as we talked about in the first, uh, in the first hour, I should say, we know that there's a report out there from Sham Sharania who said that the Pelicans are interested in trading for Scoot Henderson. And if they're interested in doing that, they're going to at least have to trade up to number three with the Portland Trailblazers, if not number two with the Charlotte Hornets. So with Charlotte having the leverage because they have the pick after Wimby goes number one, you would entertain trading for Zion Williamson. You would rather Zion more than Brandon Ingram. Do you think that Zion, if he came on any kind of package that would be involved with what we're talking about, Where would this team be if he plays, let's say, 55 games next season?
2: I think you got a chance to get into that range that they've been trying to get into for the longest, which is out of play in range. I think this is a team that could have the potential to get to a fifth or sixth, depending on how you mold the rest of the roster. Now, I think a young all-star like Zion Williamson, it's going to cost you. You're going to give up some guys. You're going to give up that number two overall draft pick. So then it goes to what are you going to give up? From there, I guess you definitely want to have some shooters around Zion. But it's like, are you giving up a Gordon Hayward? Are you giving up Terry Rozier? Are you giving up, uh, I guess, if you did bring Miles Bridges back, would you be giving him up? So I think it all depends on that. But I think this would be a move that would be swinging for the fences. I think this is a guy that would work on so many levels, for the Hornets, giving them that guy down in that painted area that's just going to be unguardable, opening up the spacing for shooters. I think that him and LaMelo would be a nightly occurrence on Sports Center, House of Highlights, Bleacher Report, anything you want to talk about basketball related on social media, they own that. The stadium's going to be packed out every night. Tickets are going to be selling like crazy because people are going to want to come see the attraction. But just as far as the tangible on-the-court thing, I think it gets the Hornets into, at minimum, the playoff the playoff play-in range. But I think you have a chance to get into that fifth or sixth seed where you've been trying to get to for the last few seasons not to be in the play-in range.
1: So it's funny because you are mentioning giving up a lot more pieces in order to get Zion. I don't know what the trade value is. Because there are some times where you have someone as entertaining and as good as Zion Williamson was when he's on the court. Who who wants more? Is it the Pelicans that want more because they're giving up somebody of Zion's caliber? Or is it the Hornets that want more because they're giving up the second overall pick? I don't don't know. I think that's going to be really interesting if these negotiations play out and if we get any reporting on this. Because if you're the Hornets... You might want some assurance, too, right? Insurance, I should say, and assurance that Zion could be out there on the floor. So if that happens, are you trying to throw in a Herb Jones? Is that too much? Are you shooting for the stars with this? And if they don't give it to you, then you just keep the second overall pick? Because you are going to have to match up the salaries. Because Zion is going to make $33.5 million next year, which means you're shedding a Terry Rozier contract, probably. And then some don't know who that's going to be or a Gordon Hayward. The thing is Gordon Hayward's in that weird area right now where it might be valuable to have his contract on the books because there's only one more year left. And so once he's off the books, you create $30 million in cap space. So now you're talking about a contract that actually might be valuable. That's not the same two years ago, but now you're clearing a lot of money off of the books. So is that something that you would be willing to give up? And this is the problem for me. Brandon Ingram is the safer bet. Ceiling isn't as high with Brandon Ingram instead of Zion, but Brandon Ingram put up some really impressive numbers. little bit of an injury history too with him has not played over 60 games the past two seasons. I'll have to check that. But Brandon Ingram, a little bit of an injury history, man, I just, I can't do it for Zion Uh, as much as he's exciting. 114 games in the last four years, To put it in comparison, Gordon Hayward's played 140 in the last three.
2: See, I think that the Hornets are in the advantageous position because I think that the Pelicans want that number to pick more. So I think you could perhaps poach more from the Pelicans than what they're trying to get from you. We've heard that they've talked about – how much they want Scoot Henderson, so I think the Hornets will be in a really good position to make a really nice deal for themselves. I think they could get a few extras as well. Uh, I think this would become a desirable place for other people to play in too. So I think that they could maybe pick up some guys, but just on the surface, as you talked about, who wants it more? I think that the Pelicans want this deal more. Uh, I think they see Scoot Henderson as perhaps. When I first heard this trade, and Not trying to discute, and I hate putting disclaimers because then you do end up doing exactly what you say you don't want to do. But I was like, I wonder what is it about him that intrigues them so much. How do they see him fitting in? Because they have a a C.J. McCollum there. They've got, if they decide to keep one of the two stars, because I know they're not going to give up both. So if you keep an Ingram or Williamson, I guess they see McCollum scoot as the point guard. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty along with seam- that. You talk about seamless. Fit. That'd be a nice, that would be a nice trio for them to have down there in the boot as they call it. Well, yeah. I mean, if you trade
1: Zion or Brandon Ingram, one or the other, then yeah, the, the point guard comes in and he fits pretty seamlessly, but man, are we doing the thing here? We're not wondering enough why multiple teams are reportedly in interest of trading up for scoot Henderson because maybe the guy's really good. Because maybe the guy <laughs> is an entertaining prospect. Sure why, sure. why are the Pelicans willing to move off the team that knows the most about Zion? Why are they willing to move off of him for the second overall pick? And not Brandon Miller, but Scoot Henderson. Why are they willing to do that? Okay, Even you're with Brandon, on your,
2: your Brian Windhorst
1: now. I'm just trying to infer why. Uh-huh. Because you don't hear any of these other teams. Maybe we will. Brian Windhorst put this out there. I tweeted this out, too. I was watching Get Up. And Brian Winhorst at the very end of first take. He said, the drama is going to be here right off the bat. If not draft night in the days leading up to the draft, because, and I quote, we don't have a feel for what Charlotte's going to do. And we don't have a feel for Portland. Maybe Brandon Miller trade rumors are out there, but they're all any team looking to move up the draft. Why are they all pointing towards scoot? We haven't heard anything about Brandon. It's because scoots crazy. Good man. <laughs> Like I would rather just take the second overall pick and then go about my life without taking the crazy risk of Zion being crazy injured. Why do the pelic why are the Pelicans willing to move off of their first overall selection cuz it's it just hadn't worked out for him. Now, I'm a change of scenery dude sometimes. You can you can absolutely get the most out of some kind of change. That's not impossible. But it definitely scares me
2: that they'd be willing to Or maybe to move the Pelicans of are stupid. Yeah, maybe. You have a fact of that. <laughs> Not saying it's stupid All for the- drafting Scoot, but maybe they're just making a big mistake here. Like Scoot could turn out to be a great player, but if Zion stays healthy and hits his apex, it's not—it's not, it's not going to be close as far as the talent of the two players. So maybe New Orleans is making a mistake. Wouldn't you feel a lot better
1: about Zion too if the guy just looked in shape as well?
2: I think, so that's the thing, too. It's funny with Zion because his body, he battles with his weight like a lot of us do. But I feel like as far as just his overall physique, I think he looks good. I just think it's like they said, the weight that he's carrying and the explosiveness of how he plays the game is what leads to the injuries. I think fans like to have their fun and like, oh, he's this and that. Now, does he need to shed some more weight? I do think so. But I thought he came into last season He looked pretty good to me, but I think he could probably stand just to lose another 10 to 15 exclusively because of the way in which he plays the game with the weight that he carries.
1: Yeah, we've also had reports about Zion not taking some of the training regimen seriously enough. And remember, we would have some of these videos of him doing the between the leg dunks when he's not ready to come back and Zion's out there kind of goofing off, not staying with the training regimen. And I love Zion. I think Zion is a good dude. I think just based off of everything you've heard about his personality, I remember staying after a Charlotte Hornets game one time when they played the Pelicans, a whole bunch of campers were staying after the game. Like, I don't know, eight year old, nine year olds, the whole camp, the teachers all around, whatever, right. Or the counselors Zion comes out and those kids go crazy. They are extremely excited. There weren't any cameras around there. He wasn't doing this for the television. There's a lot of that surrounding Zion with the way that he's very philanthropically involved, but now we have all this Snapchat stuff. I'm not using that to say he's a bad guy. Sure. I do think that there are some things that question as to why uh, that you might question as to why we just can't have nice things with him as the best player right now. It's just it's too hard. It's too much of a risk for me and that's why I would hold on to Scoot Henderson and now you're talking about Zion's off the court that's what are you well but more so with the training regiment though like that not i got you yeah i'm i'm saying i'm not using the snapchat stuff and mariah mills to go against trading for him. i'm using more so of the reports that he's not following some of this stuff seriously the diet Mm -hmm. is a real concern and the same thing with gordon hayward we can apply it to zion when gordon hayward had an expected timetable to return there would be occurrences where it would last longer than originally expected that's all zion's timetable has been it's, it's been, hey, we expect him to be back this time. Well, not so fast, not so fast, not so fast. Mm-hmm. That stuff scares me, man. And you're giving up assets to go get that guy, especially one of the biggest assets that Charlotte has had. And goodness gracious, what's the asset that you think is on par with the second overall pick in a Scoot Henderson-Brandon Miller draft? Can't do it. Too scared, man. I know scared money
2: don't make none, but also exactly. Scoot
1: Henderson, Scoot money
2: makes some. <laughs> yeah, I, um, Scared money don't make. Now, that's my whole thing with this deal. I know it's a risk. I'm not going to sit here and act like this is risk averse. Not one single bit. I think Zion is a kid. He's got to get that house in order in a lot of ways. And I do think, too, as far as the off the court stuff, he's not doing anything different than a lot of players. But at the same time, man, you do have to get that stuff in order because it plays onto the court, too, man. You uh, got to have your life organized.
1: Yeah. The last thing I'll say, too, just about with Brandon Miller being mocked quite a bit in these drafts that you'll see from a bunch of different pundits out there. Jonathan Gavoni, he put out a tweet of ESPN saying most of the teams he's talked to has Brandon Miller ranked ahead of Scoot Henderson. Okay. The problem with that is that we all saw Gavoni get a little duped last year when he was saying Jabari Smith was going to be the first overall selection, and Jabari moved to number three. The NBA execs in the front offices, they are trying to use media members as mouthpieces so they can try to control the draft as much as possible. Brian Windhorst is all-knowing, in my opinion. Brian Windhorst knows his belief. He is, and this is what he said on Get Up, I'll say it again. There's going to be big drama with picks two and three, if not on draft night itself, in the days leading up to it, because we don't have a feel for Charlotte, we don't have a feel for the Blazers. Jake Fisher just appeared with us on Friday. He said, anybody mocking Brandon Miller to the Charlotte Hornets, it's just guesswork at this
2: point. We still don't know.
1: We still don't know.
2: I sports drama. I think about sports drama almost as much as I think about pop talks. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get
1: a lot. Don't you worry. You eat all the drama you can. You, br- you put them down like some Jenny's brown sugar cinnamon Pop-Tart ice cream Boom. that just dropped. Got
2: that in the thing. Oh, man. I'm going to be I fat. might be going to Churn buddies today. Oh, it's going to be so good. Don't you show did. that ice cream to
1: Zion, dude. Yeah, Don't do it. Yes. He wants to come to Charlotte because he just saw that. He's like, hey, ain't there a Jenny's near Park Road? <laughs> Sign me up. I'll get traded immediately. Forget the beignets. Give me the Jenny's ice cream at Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We'll come back with a little more NBA Finals talk on the other side of the break.
2: McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on a McCrispy, Crispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing.
0: Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqal and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
2: We're back. This is the Wes and Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Birthday edition today, a lot of wild stuff going on, talking Panthers, NBA Finals, Joe Person giving the updates from minicamp. Tell the people the good news, Wes. I know. He wants me to tell you guys that uh, Bryce Young has completed a deep completion with no defenders on him to Terrence Marshall. Hey, don't say like that. that. <laughs> I think there are defenders out there. <laughs> no, I said a 7-on-7. Seven seven. Oh, yeah, it I is i yeah, I'll yeah, put yeah, a yeah. video on you. i tried you to did. throw in a, a, a detail. Them bumper pool from high. My Name Is. Interception of Matt Corral. Okay, maybe not so good for Corral, but good for. But it bounced young off the
1: receiver's hands at least, so it's not
2: Matt Corral's fault. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, yeah, Bryce important details. Throwing completions to Adam Thielen. So what? Uh, the Panthers are off and running. So we're gonna be updating you on that as much as we can before we get out of here. Then, like I said, the NBA Finals last night. And we have someone in the studio who's not so happy about what happened during the finals this time around. WBTV's own, one of the best doing it right now on the anchor desk and the reporter desk. Miami's own 305, stand up. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> Siobhan Bryan in the studio. Siobhan, so I, I, I hear the laugh. So you sound like you're in good spirits. Yeah. Post mortem. Post mortem after the season ended for my <laughs> And heat. then you might have a double up tonight because uh, Las Vegas the might Florida be ending it tonight, too. Okay. So.
3: Let's talk one sport first. Don't, don't yeah. attack me at all angles at once. This is an ambush at this point. <laughs> Goodness. Hey, guys. Okay. So this is, the, this is my disclaimer I'm a sensible fan. I'm not that person that talks all crazy. Am I disappointed? Of course I am. And the thing is, you know, it's so funny because the thing about being a Heat fan, especially this year, as you know, you always have people that are like, I didn't think you guys were even going to make it to the playoffs. I didn't think you were going to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Definitely not the finals. Mm-hmm. But of course, as a Heat fan, you're a believer, Heat lifer, no matter what. But um, last night's game was hard to watch. You know, the series has been hard to watch. The Denver has been incredible. I can't even lie. But, you know, it it was heartbreaking, but I'm so proud of my team regardless. And now with the Florida Panthers, I am crossing my fingers because this has been quite the run for all teams from the Miami area between, you know, hurricanes, men and females. Going to the Sweet 16, and you know, so it's been quite the year. Yeah, it's been a great year for you. Right. I don't think you're going to get any great. sympathy from yeah.
1: Carolina fans I mean, on any front. Do you know
3: I like Bryce Young?
1: <laughs> no, we will welcome you. Look, we will welcome any fandom you want to bring to the go. Carolina Panthers. Keep but Let's as far go. as the sympathy goes, yeah, no. the eight seed getting to the NBA Finals, winning at least one game yeah. against Denver. Yeah, you got there as the eight we didn't seed. Get swept. It's we love impressive. That. It is impressive. It did make me think of a question for the text line, though. What's the what's the last time you were really proud of your team? Like, despite not reaching the the ultimate goal, right? Like, what's the last time that you were really proud? Because you just experienced that. yeah.
3: And I would say the same thing
1: for the Hurricanes. For
3: sure. Miami reaching the Final Four. The NCAA tournament for both the male and female teams, Sweet 16. I mean, Mm -hmm. incredible. So, And one team making it to the Final Four, you can't beat that.
1: The first thing I would go with is if you're a North Carolina basketball fan, I think you were pretty happy with beating Duke in the Final Four. Absolutely. Even if you lose the championship, You still beat Duke in the Final Four. That was an 8-seed, too, by the way. So Miami, North Carolina basketball had something in common with the Tar Heels reaching the championship. I I feel like that. Is there a team that you feel like, all right, we didn't reach the ultimate goal, we didn't win the championship, but you were still proud of them?
2: Uh, Always Wake Forest. We're always an underdog. I was pretty mad when (laughs) they lost to Pitt in the ACC championship game, and it definitely didn't go the way I thought it would. But for them to get to the ACC championship game that year, and I didn't expect it. Yeah, I was pretty excited about it. I was okay with that.
1: 803 said the Carolina Panthers last year when we fired Matt (laughs) Rule. That was the ultimate goal. Man, you're like, that's a success. That's a W right there. Move on from Steve Wilkes, then to Frank Reich. So a lot of people might be rolling with the Matt Rule thing. What about for you, Walker?
2: Did you feel like that? Because you have a great example Indiana guy, were you happy that they got to the finals even though they lost to Shaq and Kobe? You oh, probably felt like... Going on did you feel like they were going to win?
1: Going on back to 2000. Bringing up old stuff. The glory days. <laughs> watching Reggie Miller, Jalen Rose yeah, go against Shaq and Kobe and then eventually lose. That was the first year I've re- I really was like introduced to sports fandom though. So yeah, I was happy, but I was just kind of like happy to be there at that right, point. Right, right. Yeah. So no, that was very early. I didn't learn heartbreak until later on and then I started <laughs> (laughs) cheering for the Charlotte Hornets and haven't got anywhere close to the finals ever again.
2: So, Siobhan, is that how you've been with each team? Because you had a lot of chances to get a championship to the 305. Yeah. So were you sitting there like, all right,
3: Maybe this will be teams. the one.
2: <laughs> yeah, or did the loss is just each one of them was just a gut punch. We you Just know, like every time, like, ah.
3: So, okay, I, I'm going to speak for a tiny place of privilege here. Okay. You know, obviously, the Heat has, have won a couple of championships. Yes. But we've also made it to the finals before in lost. We've made it to the Eastern Conference Finals in lost. So, with the Heat, you understand, like, the risk of it. But, I mean, on a year like this when, like, so many of my teams are doing well. And even, even going back a couple of years when the Dolphins drafted Tua and everybody was like, oh, y'all about to have it. Oh, Miami about to go crazy with, you know, with Tua. You know, it, it does burn because you do feel slightly robbed when you get that close and you can almost taste it and then it's snatched back from you. Um, but at the same time, being a Miami Hurricane, a, you Miami alum, Heat fan, Dolphins fan, whatever, whenever people, especially living in North Carolina, when people have to say, oh, well, when's the last time the hurricane's been relevant? Yeah. I'm like, where's your team? <laughs> and that's you know especially now like coming in the newsroom today people have been walking past me like MIAO what happened man what happened to y'all last night I'm like was your team in the finals so to me I do like, like
2: that though MIAO you know, you know, I- <laughs> yeah.
3: that's literally my name in the WBTV newsroom okay oh, no. like I am good. anchor Siobhan Bryan on air but I'm MIAO in the newsroom so you're gonna
2: move over to uh WWE you know the Cavender twins are going to the WWE yeah so are you gonna support them as well listen Rep everybody who's a
3: cane I'll support them in fact um What's my man's name? Brown on the nuggets. Uh
2: huh. It's a Bruce hurricane. Brown. Bruce yeah, yeah, Brown. Bruce so Brown.
3: you know, that's a W anyway. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I mean, that. she went
2: in a lot of angles.
3: You know, look, you gotta be positive.
2: Is that is so is that what you decided <laughs> to do last night? You were like well, Bruce Brown got him a ring, Miami you know, all cocaine. day. I yeah. mean,
3: nah, I'll be honest. Like this year specifically, I really had hope because it's a, this year was a Cinderella story. You know, all these undrafted players that were doing so well. So a lot of people were really locked in on the heat this year because at every step, everyone's like, there's no way they're going to make it. So we made it so far that it was fun to then see people's faces the next day and be like, remember that time you said you wouldn't be here? Mm-hmm. Here we are. We're still here. Where All right, we guys? have
1: some more texts coming in. Burberry Gary said, our Hurricanes, our Carolina Hurricanes, went to the Eastern <laughs> Conference Finals, thank you. You were still disappointed, though, weren't That's you, That's true.
3: Us? I've been getting a lot yes. of hurricane talk. If we didn't get swept. Oh, yeah.
1: Like, so, because Shroppy is the resident
4: Canes fan here, yeah. and so you were disappointed at the end of this, right? Well, yeah, and it, and it hurts even more because throughout the entire playoffs, we were the only team to get swept. So that kind of hurts sorry. a little bit How was he the I Resonance came fan? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> he the Kane fan here? You Who
2: sounded the doggone siren? <laughs> I, I know ever. you've told us 10 million
1: times. Just, he's got the jerseys. I know you got the jerseys. Come I'm sorry. On. I'm sorry.
2: Okay? Yes, I was very disappointed because they were the favorites uh, in the top four to five favorites most of the year. And then after Boston went out, they became the prohibitive favorite. And then... I, I did give the Panthers their props because their road to get there, beating Boston, beating the Maple Leafs the way they did, mm. and then they just smashed. Now I am disappointed at the performance they're putting up in the Stanley Cup Finals. You beat the Kings like this. Right. At least take it to Game Seven Honestly, overtime. Yeah.
3: Like I'm, I'm sitting here like after because like Florida Panthers and you know historically this is the furthest they've been since like the 90s. So this has been even for us in yeah. South Florida, it's like oh snap. The Panthers are doing something? Like, yeah. so everyone's starting to pay attention. And when that happens, you know, after watching, especially living here, working here, and watching the, the Canes here, and then we swept them, I'm sitting here like, wait, let me pay attention. And then yeah. Vegas has us looking a little low.
1: Um, Siobhan saying, yes. I'm sorry, the way she did. I'm
3: sorry. Sounded
1: much more insulting. And it <laughs> yeah. did,
2: right? And then I mean, she
3: would have said something bad. Was,
1: there was an unbelievable I'm, amount of petty. I'm sorry. No, no, excuse me, not petty pity in death like we just <laughs> the, the Panthers just you know, dusted the Carolina Hurricanes me. off to the side, and then I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, look, you dead in your soul, Shroppy, and said, "I'm sorry." It was really, it was really hurtful. <laughs>
3: I'll give you a hug. <laughs> and, um,
1: we do have some more text coming in. Betcat Dan, who is a Clemson fan, he okay. said the 2016 national championship game, Clemson versus Alabama, because Nick Saban said he had to do something to get the to get the ball out of Sean Watson. That game hand.
3: was insane. I'll right. never forget that game.
1: So, so that's one where Clemson, at least this fan, still felt okay with his team, Mm -hmm. despite not coming up with the ultimate goal, getting a lot of 15 and one Panther seasons. Now to me at the beginning of that year, nobody expected them to go 15 and one. No Kelvin Benjamin goes down the offense. It's completely shot. And then Cam Newton has an MVP year, but at the midway point, when you start to go 8-0, and all right, right, now you're 12-0. and Like, hold on. Now you're 14-0. and <laughs> Do we get to the point where you even run through the postseason, destroy Arizona in the NFC NF, uh, championship game? Was it a disappointment at that end? Right. Like, do you feel pr- – you can still feel proud. But maybe even still feel a
2: little disappointed they didn't win the suit. <laughs> like, that, is it that one's better tough. to have
3: gotten close than to have never got no, close at all no. kind of thing? I
2: see, it, I see. I know when I say this, it's going to come across a little bit different. Uh-oh. But I think it was a disappointment. for Carolina. Yeah, people come thought that different. the Panthers were going to run roughshod over the Broncos. Myself mm-hmm. included. Like, I was like, man... I was like, Denver's got a little bit of a chance, but I was like, the Panthers are rolling. I was like, there's no way Denver's going to be able to beat them. And the way that game went down, I think if the Panthers would have lost in a shootout, I think that would have been more palatable. But the fact that it was a defensive game and the Broncos just came out and completely shut down the Panthers, like that was bad. And then Cam Newton not jumping on the fumble is that becoming like my new thing? I keep bringing that up for Panthers fans, and he didn't jump on the fumble.
1: I think I'd still put J. C. Horn not being shut down at the forefront, <laughs> and then you can bring up some other things yeah, about Carolina I, I before the fumble. I thought the, the Panthers fumble. were
2: going to win the Super Bowl, so I think that was disappointing.
1: Um, I did want to ask you another question about Jimmy Butler, Siobhan, Uh-oh. because no, it's not bad. I love I, Jimmy Butler. I love Jimmy Butler too. He's
3: a man. I hated him when he played for the Bulls because he was so good. Right. Like whenever we went toe to toe, I was like, man, this, this nappy headed man
1: on, on the Bulls. Oh, my goodness you gracious.
3: Know, I used to love his hair because my brother had the same hairstyle. So I said that because I used to say the same right. thing. Right. Mm, yeah. But I was like, man, this dude. On
1: There's the one Bulls dude on the mic that's top. not about to say that. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I did want to ask you if you think he's exciting. Do you think he's an exciting oh, this basketball is good. player?
3: This is good. I think he is exciting. And, and the reason why it's because look, he is because he absolutely is. <laughs> But to me, it's like, you know, you you have to respect the dog in Jimmy Butler. I love watching his postgame. Sure, sure. Because when he comes out and he's like, cool, you want to talk smack in my face? Watch what happens. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ooh, if I was a basketball player, that'd be my energy. Yeah. I love how he's just a savage with it. But looking at a game like last night, you know, he was... Maybe what eight points until like four minutes left in the fourth. Yeah. I mean, it was bad. It was bad. Like it was like Jimmy, where are yeah. you? Like we need you. And it, that was hard to watch because you realize how reliant the team is on his performance for us to perform right now.
2: Yeah, see, when I was a kid, man, I used to enjoy watching people do basic two-hand dunks, basic one-hand dunks, one-hand dribble dry like that. Right. Was, that He's stuff was hater. exciting He's a to hater. me Just then.
1: In case you haven't picked up on <laughs> it, that stuff He's was exciting Baller to hater. me
2: then. But you know, as an adult, I, I like to see a little bit more, but. You talked about how he appears unbothered in a lot of instances, mm-hmm. and Nikola Jokic is the same way. And it's like last night, and what I wanted to bring that up for everybody too, because they asked him after the game about the uh, parade, and he's like, "When is parade?" <laughs> and then he's like, "Oh, he wants to go home."
3: Yeah, I mean, a lot of talk on Twitter about that. Then, I and saw then that the,
2: the Jimmy Butler stuff with the Hall of Fame and all that. Yeah, it's like I get it, man. I know you got a stick, and I know that's who you are. But it's like, come on, man. Like, I, I do get a little bit annoyed sometimes by that because I'm like, Yo, you need to be grateful for where you're at. If you're going to sit there and try to reject all that stuff, reject the paychecks, reject the commercials, reject the adulation from fans. Well, it's not like Nicole, Nicole is getting there, it, but he kind of is, right? But he, I mean, he's getting paid hefty, a hefty salary. Well, he's getting a big contract, that's but that's saying. the thing with Jimmy, too.
1: Jimmy was crying. Yeah, he's like, I we even I see Jokic yeah, I do I don't care Jokic. Everybody loved him not caring about winning the MVP. The dude said, "The job's done. We can go home now."
3: Yeah. Yeah. He was I, like, "You can shut down the parade." I'm fine. yeah. I'm, like, that's what I'm saying. I'm <laughs> like, <laughs> like, right. okay.
1: How much did we shift from that attitude being endearing <laughs> to like, wait, do you really, really not care? Because now you don't even care about the title. That's what I'm saying. I don't want to make this a big deal, but at the same time, it's like, damn, I've never seen anybody that stoic.
3: That indifferent in that moment. Yeah. Especially when you compare that to the to the anything is possible, yeah. you know what I mean. The great moments yeah. and, the, and, the, moment. and then you're just the things that give you goosebumps and say yeah. ooh, sports man. And he and there was that clip that I saw on Twitter this morning of him shaking the champagne bottle like twice and <laughs> just, he put it down he like was hey. disgusting right.
2: With it. And that's what I'm saying. Like, like, it, it starts to get annoying after a while. <laughs> and then he gets up there when he talks about. They asked him one day if he gave speeches to his team or whatever the case. And so you don't have to be rah rah guy, but he's right. like, no, I, I don't. They they play like everything you ask him is deadpan opposite direction. And so I'm just saying, I'm just starting to get a little tired of it. Sports, so you want some It's not hard to ruffle my face.
1: You want some emotion? Because it's such a great point you bringing up Kevin Garnett. Yeah. Could you think of someone that is just a, a polar opposite of Nicole Jokic as far as personality? Kevin yeah. Garnett is going on the court. He's cursing. You can't yeah. mic him up because you're going to have 30,000 FCC <laughs> violations. Even in the post-game interview, he's screaming, he's crying, he's mm-hmm. looking up to the heavens. And Jokic is like, I can go home to my horses now.
2: Yeah. Right. It's so different. Well, go what? home and stay there. <laughs> how about oh, that? If you don't I'm appreciate back. the parades what? and you don't appreciate all the trappings <laughs> of being in bed, just go home and stay at your farm and we'll see how much you
3: like that. Oh my How goodness. about that? I mean, yeah. I mean, I get it. But at the same time, you know, it, it almost, in a very different way, is almost reminiscent of the Marshawn Lynch situation. Like, what is your job versus, like, why are you here versus what is it that, We're just used to these athletes giving us. And I mean, of course, I don't know Joker. I don't know this man. But, you know, it it does. You love to see them be as excited as the fans are. And we've seen so many instances, especially because that is such a triumph where you could see that they are feeling the weight of the moment, the way that this this franchise, these fans are feeling it. And we're just like. I just want to go on to my horses and eat some
1: applesauce. Yeah. <laughs> Rowdy rode in. And the whole
3: yeah. city's like, we're flipping tables, yeah. you know.
1: <laughs> Rowdy on the text line. Yeah, Jokic cried at the thought of going to the parade instead of seeing his horses. <laughs> like, he curse. really tried to go out there and say, what is it, Thursday? No, I got to go home.
3: That
1: guy. He really cannot be bothered by any of the celebration. Yep. He'll get in the pool. He'll jump in the pool with Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. And that's about <laughs> all you're going to get from him. All right, last
2: drop it like it's hot of the day.
1: Yep, that'll be, yeah, we can call that. Siobhan Bryan helping us out, talking about the Miami Heat. Uh, is this one of those things, real quickly, is it gonna just like last the whole day or like are you kind of over it already?
3: I mean I've been here before. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I mean it's it's sad. Like I I kinda went home, kinda ticked off, I'm not gonna lie, and then of course coming in the newsroom and everyone's like, So you know <laughs> But <laughs> Huh. But now, you know, at this point, what is it? 2.37? I got to be on TV in an hour and a half. So my mind is just in a different place now, A professional. So. All right, well, we appreciate you, you know, coming through, as always. If it was always. a weekend, it might be a different
1: story. Yeah, yeah. follow her on Twitter, by Rocks the way. On. At Siobhan underscore Brian. Yeah. Anchor for WBTV News and the resident Miami fan. We'll call on you again anytime we have something Miami related.
3: Depending on what the Panthers do tonight, we'll see you guys tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Go <That's> Panthers.
2: <laughs> nope. All right, Shrop. Last Shrop it out of the hot. Shrop it at a hot. Yikes. Shrop it like it's hot of the
4: day. (laughs) All right, so we actually have some interesting drama out of the Buffalo Bills organization. As Coach Sean McDermott said Tuesday that Stefan Diggs is not at the team's mandatory minicamp, but the wide receiver's agent is saying that he is there. And this seems like a very simple thing. Just look for him. (laughs) I mean, I don't know how... We yeah, so I don't know what's going on. I don't know why the coach would say that he's not there when the agent's saying that he is. But apparently, the agent said that he showed up and he did his uh, what was it? What was it he did his physical, met with McDermott and the G- and the GM, and will quote unquote be there for the entirety of the minicamp. So I guess we'll have to see what this how this plays out. Because I
1: can anybody confirm by just looking right. with your eyeballs? Yeah. Where's fourteen? It, it's devon diggs there where's I mean, the beat writer on this come on can we can we just get some kind of picture to put all this thing to bed because it seems like a pretty thing easy thing to debunk so yeah we're gonna be on stefan diggs watch and then we'll figure out if, <laughs> who is right, because somebody's blatantly lying here, <laughs> yes. and I just don't know who it
2: is. Yeah, and if he's not there, it sounds like he wants another bag, which he's not going to be able to do that until around 2028. 20, yeah, it's going to be 24 a year, 96 total value. So I think, uh, I don't know what's going to happen there. But when we come back, we're going to close this thing down. This is the Western Walker Show, Sports Radio two seven WFNZ.
1: shavon Bryan hopping in talking about what it's like to be a fan of a team that made the nba finals really good sports year for shavon being a miami she fan really And was. the
4: stanley cup final yeah that one hurts man i know that one hurts. stanley cup final
1: miami men's and women's basketball both reaching the final four You had the Hurricane success. You also had the Miami Heat success. Yes, they lose last night, but nobody expected Miami to be in the NBA finals anyway. And everyone expected the team they were going against to win. And that was even true of the New York Knicks. A lot of people had the Knicks. Like, oh, okay, finally, the Knicks can make it to the conference finals because it's going to be the eighth seed and Knicks will move on there because New York had been better in the regular season at the Miami style. But Jimmy Butler, it it is unfortunate for Jimmy because it was – a crazy run from him. And then once you got to game three against Boston, the star Wars numbers started to tail off and he still had miraculous moments. He still had the moments against Boston where even in game six, he has the foul on the corner. Three makes all three free throws. The crazy moment with Derek white, the tip in that allows it to go to game seven. Jimmy Butler still had a, an just a fantastic postseason run, but the numbers where he could do no wrong Boston game three started to tail off. And it even wasn't a, a phenomenal series for him here against Denver. and It was more Bam, this series. Bam was very good. And the second half was bad. Second half was bad. I think the size really bothered him. But the first half, he kept them afloat. Yep. Because Jimmy Butler clearly didn't have it until the last 13 points that he scored. And he would still give you these stretches. But Bam really helped them out. I thought Bam... After all the conversation surrounding how poorly he played against Boston, and he was so bad offensively, it's why Caleb Martin had to step up and people were discussing him as possible Eastern Conference Finals MVP. I thought Bam actually dispelled a decent amount of the notion, not being limited offensively, but he was pretty effective against Nokic in some areas. No, he's not going to be the lead dog on a team to win the championship. I don't think anybody really thinks that. But in that role, could he be effective? He proved he could be. You're talking about him getting destroyed by Jokic in past games. He did everything you really could ask of him in this NBA Finals. I thought he did a lot for himself, but in the end, Jimmy just didn't have enough. Even big shots made by Kyle Kyle Lowry, three-point shots made. Well, and Caleb Martin just faded, dude. He was
4: nowhere in this series.
1: Yeah, it's still—I asked you how you were going to remember Denver's run to win the title— How are you going to remember Miami's run as an eight seed to get to the
2: finals? Uh, I think they definitely deserve props as far as being giant slayers. They beat some good teams because I know I thought New York was going to take them down after they beat Giannis and the crew, because you felt like those games that Giannis was out and injured, you felt like that Miami benefited from that. And you thought that maybe their luck was going to run out against the Knicks. The thing about Jimmy Butler, I was going to bring up to you guys is that for the second straight time where he's had a long postseason run his body has kind of broken down towards the end you look at the la series in the bubble him laying on the thing every everybody remembers that iconic shot of that he just kind of ran out of gas down the stretch you just said it as well in the boston series it looked like he was starting to run out of gas injury starting to pile up on him as well and i think it lends itself to just giving guys credit like the lebrons the Currys, and guys like that that can go as long as they can. But I just think for Jimmy Butler that once again, I just feel like he ran out of gas and Miami was so dependent on him to be able to do for them, especially in their times of need, that I think it just caught up with him. And I just think he gave it all he had, but he just didn't have enough.
1: Yeah. If you look at what, it, yeah, I think there are two post-season moments now where Jimmy I just does not have an ounce left. (laughs) Just zero, I was wondering what that
2: must feel like.
1: I mean, just nothing. Here are the numbers. If we want to break it down by series, Jimmy against Milwaukee, shot shot close (laughs) to 60% from the field, 43% from three on decent volume, 35.5 points per game, giant slayed, bucks are down. Then you go against the New York Knicks inactive for game one and then you see him the rest of the way not a great field goal percentage not a great three-point percentage but still averaged 25 points per game because he got to the free throw line at over 10 times a contest Ball, Let's get to the learn and that's what that was what was called on him and that's what exactly he needed to do you look at what he did against boston the first three games when they go three and oh 46%, 33 from three range, but still getting to the line a lot, 26 points per contest. And then after you go move on, so really game four, when they started to lose three straight before they won game seven, shot under 40% from the field. I mean, I think the guy was really tired. And then you can also look at Jimmy Butler, be the lead dog when you have a bunch of undrafted dudes and bam, as your second best player, remember no Tyler hero. People were discussing maybe you don't even put him out there because defensively it gives Denver somebody to pick on. And so they didn't even roll with Tyler, who might be their second best creator offensively, third best. And for them to get Tyler that way.
2: Tyler, the creator, I see what you did there.
1: Yeah, thank you very much. Um, yeah, still a crazy impressive run for me. Still really impressive with what Miami was able to do.
2: Yeah, and then before we uh, get out of here, not to uh, throw us off of topic too much, but the Cleveland Browns got a new uh, official dog logo. It looks pretty cool. I just thought I'd throw that out there. Okay. <laughs> uh. I'm saying you know, you know we like to talk about that stuff, and I thought that was interesting. Cause well, what you got on this it? This off season, a lot of teams have not uh, gotten new uniforms and new logos and things of that nature. But uh, there okay. you go with that. But also tying it into the Panthers, we're seeing these photos come out. Uh, we saw Brian Burns's photo shoot yep. as far as what he did with the guys. Did you see them doing the Street Fighter or I guess the Dragon Ball Z Fireball? pose it was him and a couple of other defenders i forgot who the other two guys and they were yelling at the top of I, their
1: lungs i might have seen it but i gotta tell you never big enough of a dragon ball z fan Me neither.
2: so I'm i wouldn't an know anime, the pose if i I'm saw i'm not it. an anime guy i i go to street fighter as my default. yeah but what do you think about the uniforms because at first i was trying to figure out what the difference is were oh, but they want to do process at it, blue again. Are we right? Process no, no. Blue but you can, you can tell the difference because I looked at an old picture of Cam Newton in the blue jersey, and I looked at the one of uh, Brian Burns, and it does look good. It's it's a different shade of blue. Uh, they're sleeker as far as the jerseys are made differently than those were. But yeah, it, it looks good. I I do think it looks good.
1: No, I like it. I don't. It's not the dramatic change that people thought when it was originally
4: reported i, I think it's visible though it definitely makes a difference i yeah, think it's I think definitely is no, definitely
1: noticeable yeah well and i do love the zero to, to the zero too. in the photo shoot
2: bryce young's pictures out as well too
1: huge fan yeah bryce young gonna look great uh continuing to connect with Terrace marshall jr i'm about to hop all in on the tmj bandwagon i was already like i, see ya, I was man. teetering I was
2: teetering. Catching I'm ready. Catching those passes on air. Oh,
1: man, it was beautiful, though. <laughs> he looks great doing it. Can't, you, can't wait to see what he does against real competition. That'll do it for Wesson Walker. Big thanks to Shroppy once again. He'll be with us all week. Stay tuned for the Kyle Bailey show alongside. Well, howdy there, y'all. Kyle Bailey here. A familiar voice in Josh Fiddy Marlowe continuing to <laughs> hang out with Kyle the rest of the week. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.